every lap in under a minute. Every move made to matter. Every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth. Every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars. Unforgettable. Hey, it's Chaz Mostert here, and yes, I'm inside your speaker. I'm in here because I have a special message for you from Clayton in Melbourne. If you're a club, state, or national racer on the circuit or on the dirt in Speedway or rallying, you can now tap into the know-how of Walkinshaw Racing Services, and you don't need a supercar to get in the door. The same expertise that's won multiple Bathurst 1000s and V8 Supercar Championships is now available for you to call upon. From bonnet to bumper, WRS can help you with engines, design, paint, machining, fabrication, and so much more for all sorts of makes, models, and categories. Have a chat with Walkinshaw Racing Services and tell them what matters to you. Call now on 1300 WRacing or email services at walkinshawracing.com.au. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hello and welcome to the Castrol Motorsport News Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Van Leeuwen, and here's what's making news this week. Boost Mobile founder Peter Adderton is making a genuine play to get his own Supercast team up and running for next season. He is currently campaigning Supercast to hand over the 26th team's racing charter and has even offered to race without income from the series for two years. We will hear from Pete later in the pod. Could we see a pair of Coca-Cola Camaros on the Supercars grid next season? Well, there is speculation that the Erebus cars will carry increased Coke branding in 2023. Not long after that news broke late last week, Premier Racing announced that Coca-Cola-backed Chris Pither will depart the team at the end of the current season. Speaking of Premier Racing, there may be a twist left in the Supercar Silly season yet as Super 2 Series leader Declan Fraser looks for a main game promotion. Fraser has been touted as an obvious candidate for the vacancy at Matstone Racing for some time now. However, there is speculation that he is in fact being considered by Premier, which may not be as settled on its lineup as recently thought. Tim Slade is expected to join Premier Racing after his split with Blanchard Racing Team, and an informed Jimmy Golding is thought to be a good chance of being retained. However, there are whispers that things there could still change. Supercars has released the crowd figures for the 2022 Bathurst 1000. Despite the wild weather, 195,758 people made their way through the gates over the four days. That was around 6,000 less than in 2019 and 12,000 less than the record set in 2012. Speaking of wet weather, a new softer compound Dunlop Control wet tyre will be introduced to Supercars next season. Unlike the current wet, which is more like an intermediate, this tyre should perform well in heavy rain. The Bathurst 12-hour, meanwhile, will reintroduce an all-pro class for 2023 after scaling back to a Pro-Am event this year. It is hoped that the big factory-backed international teams will return to Mount Panorama next February. And Phillip Island could be resurfaced within the year following feedback from MotoGP riders during last weekend's Australian Grand Prix. That, by the way, drew a three-day crowd of 91,158, the biggest since Casey Stoner's farewell season in 2012. We'll cover off the action from the island a little later in the pod. Joining me this week to discuss all that and more is a teammate who looks and sounds nothing like Stefan Bartholomew because it is actually Connor O'Brien. Now, to quickly explain why I'm co-driving with Connor this week, Stefan is a DNS due to illness, so get better soon, mate. And I quickly recruited V8 Sleuth's main newsman, Connor, to slip straight into his seat. Connor, welcome to the Castrol Motorsport News Pod for the first time. 
Thank you, Andrew. Uh, I can only assume that there's some kind of decaf coffee reason behind Stefan's. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. But, uh, big, big, uh, big shoes to fill for me. So, uh, look, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. I'm sure he told you just how big they are before you came on the show. But you're right. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't made the link to a decaf coffee, but I, we almost guarantee that is, that is definitely what. Uh, what has gone wrong there? But anyway, look, it's absolutely awesome to have you here, and uh, and obviously you're on the uh, you're on the case of what's going on in the news world. So let's crack into a little bit of it. Um, it kind of seems that uh, the supercar silly season isn't quite done yet, Connor. Um, since last week's pod, Premier Racing has confirmed that Chris Pither will depart that team at the end of the season. Uh, now the timing of the announcement was a little curious. Not just because it was 5pm on a Friday evening, because that is actually the oldest PR trick in the book to bury a bit of less than ideal news, but it was sort of curious in the way that it came out a few hours after it was first reported that Erebus Motorsport is being linked to a more prominent Coca-Cola branding for 2023. Now, of course, Chris races in Coca-Cola colours and has done for the past few years, so um, it's not out of the question that this Erebus speculation and Pither's exit are Related. Either way, it's no huge surprise. I don't think any of us were expecting Chris to continue with the team beyond this season. Um, and coming back to that Coca-Cola money, it's not crazy to wonder if a co-driver for Chris at Erebus may form part of the deal there. That is, of course, at this point, just me purely speculating. Um, even if that's not the case, Connor, surely Chris would be a top draft pick for what we hope will be two endurance races at Sandown and Bathurst next year, given you know he's coming off the back of a, of, of a full-time season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, um, yeah, Chris has done a good job before, I guess, with the likes of uh, Gary Rogers Motorsport and actually with Erebus in 2017, he was fourth with Dale Wood at the Bathurst 1000. So, yep. um, yeah, obviously, you know, with uh, limited miles available for guys at co-drive, uh, somebody who has a full season under their belt from the previous 12 months, yeah, is uh, pretty valuable. And Chris has sort of got a pretty uh, cool head and, uh done it all before so uh yeah you'd think uh he could be a pretty decent option for somebody up the you know the top half of pit lane yeah for sure he's always a sort of fly under the radar sort of driver but actually you know he's you know he's a super two champion he he can go pretty good let's let, let's have a bit of a chat about what premier racing may do i mean it did seem for a long time that a slate golding combo was a lock for 2023 but and you know that could very very well still happen i'm certainly not saying that's off the table you would hope that that timmy slade got into paper pretty quickly after turning down uh, a contract extension with brt and i think you know jimmy has been in some some pretty awesome form for premier recently and, and would definitely be worth retaining but there is this chatter going on that things could still change there and fresh off the back of his eighth place alongside craig lowndes at the bathurst 1000 Declan Fraser is making a push for a main game seat. Um, MSR seems like an obvious choice, but there is talk that Premier is a very real option. Connor, have you got any clues as to how this this how the Premier lineup may play out for next season? Uh, look, I mean, I do think it will end up being Slade and Golding. Um, Slade is yeah, all, all but you know official, and uh, I think maybe there was a bit of uh, you know. Um, Peter Schubert trying to, uh, you know, not not give uh, his cards away too early with, uh, you know, signing Jimmy uh, beyond this season. You know, keep making him work for it. But uh, I, I, I think, 
I think Jimmy Golden will, will be back again. He's done a really good job. Uh, he's really well liked within the team. Uh, Declan Fraser does make some sense if that didn't uh, work out because yeah. obviously, uh, you know, there's a good Triple Eight connection there with, uh, you know, the Triple Eight guys absolutely adore Declan and uh, yeah. are very much um, trying to trying to help him out. But, uh, but yeah, I, I personally think probably Declan's better chance is at MSR. But, uh, but yeah, maybe uh, yeah, you, you might know something a bit more than I do. Oh, look, I think there is definitely some hands-on action from Triple Eight in terms of trying to place Declan in the main game for next season, which I guess that is where the link to to um, to Premier could come about. Um, so, look, I, 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 I'm sure they are looking at it, but I, I also agree that, you know, if Jimmy is retained, he's done enough to do that. You know, he has been pretty rapid on a few occasions um, for a team where we don't quite know exactly where they're at pace-wise and are probably – inconsistent pace-wise, but when they do get the thing going, he seems to be the guy that's kind of there. So, I mean, it would be a shame for him if he did miss out. At the same time, you know, I think, you know, Declan – Declan did really good at the Bathurst one there. He did a great job and he's, he has – that was probably the point where you sort of go, okay, this guy probably is ready to make that step up. So whether it is with MSR or it is with Premier, they're both reasonable options for a young driver – um, are coming in for his rookie season, but I just think that Triple Eight involvement may be where this 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 link with Premier is coming from. But anyway, it will be uh, it'll be fascinating to see what does play out uh, in the near future. Um, well, speaking of Bathurst One Thousand Wild Cards, Connor, there is a big push from Peter Raditon to turn his one-off Boost Mobile entry into a permanent entry for twenty twenty-three. Now, just to backtrack on this whole thing a little bit. Um, Pete announced back during the Bend round earlier this year that he would be pulling his backing out of supercars at the end of the season. Now, Boost is currently the naming rights backer of Erebus Motorsport, the naming rights backer of the Gold Coast 500, and is the official telco of supercars. Um, the decision to pull out came after a photo of supercars chairman Barclay Nettlefold at a Walkinshaw Andretti United appearance at an Optus store surfaced online. Um, it does appear that Pete is effectively sticking firm to that threat. And I think the fact that Erebus appears to be looking at increasing its Coke backing suggests it's gearing up to have at least a lot less boost on its cars next year, if any boost at all. Um, but Pete is willing to continue his spend if he can have his own entry. That's what he's always wanted. That's what he really wants. He's been talking about it for years, and I think he's got a taste of it now. Um, as you wrote in a story last week, Connor, about you know he, that standalone boost mobile racing entry sort of being that the, the proper figurehead of the team. Uh, he's got this ambitious plan. It includes having Richie Stanaway as the lead driver, and he wants Greg Murphy to be the team principal. Um, but it all hinges on supercars letting him use that 26 teams racing charter that is currently not being used and is sitting uh, you know in a drawer somewhere at Supercars HQ. Now Pete was lobbying Nettlefold at the MotoGP at Phillip Island over the weekend. They appear to have got over their little Optus-related uh, spat and they're, they're, we're, we're meeting and talking about these things. Um, given the new ownership model, the buck does stop with the race board, but I've also been told that the commission will at least be consulted on anything to do with that dormant TRC. So team support would be very helpful, if not entirely critical to the outcome. Anyway, I grabbed Pete for a chat about this ambitious plan and here's what he had to say. So, you've said before the money's coming out of supercars next season. Yeah. Is it fair to say that your current thinking is that you will spend money if you can control your own destiny and have your own team or your own entry? Well, I think it's two parts to it, right? One is, yeah, controlling our own entry and having our own team. The other part is making sure that supercars understand and appreciate what they have. Yeah. And hopefully we can give some input or some uh, you know, thoughts into that 
to try to grow the sport. All I care about is growing the sport. And yeah. I think what happened to us with you know supercars going into a competitor's um, store was uh, was hard for us because it was almost like we weren't being appreciated. And yeah. They wouldn't have done it to anybody else, and so that really you know annoyed me. And I tried to make it clear to try to keep you know my thoughts of supercars away from boost, right? Because yeah. they are two separate individuals, yeah. and uh, they didn't do that. And so you know I made it clear to supercars that we weren't all happy. And that if they're going to treat us like that, then we might as well go spend our money somewhere else. Yeah. Now, in hindsight, since then, um, supercars have reached out, yeah. and we've had dialogue, and we've been discussing things with them. I don't think they want to see us leave. Um, but now it's down to I need to have our own team. We want yeah. to do our own wreck. I think the fans want it. Yeah. You know, it frustrates me that you've got you know, 25 cars on the grid, and probably 10 are real, yeah. and the rest are basically just you know rental cars. And yeah. I think uh, they need to have more teams and more teams like Boost, and we want to go in. So yeah, if we can make it work and it works for us as a brand and it works for us as a as a as a team I, I want to do it you have you sort of cleared the air with with Barclay Nettlefold over there you've been entertaining him this weekend yep. you've you spoke to him about yep. this do you feel like you're on yep. a good path in terms of your relationship so, so those who know me know that I actually don't hold grudges right yep. I'm a very focused you know forward speaking person so I have no problem with anybody right yep. I'm more than happy to tell somebody what they think of them and have them tell them what they think of me yeah and then I'll go have lunch with them or go have dinner with them and so yeah Barclay and I've had a, a good chat I've had a good chat with Shane, um, and I think that we're, we're seeing more and more eye to eye. And I think that they see that we're really driven around trying to make things better, yeah. right? And not just being a pain in the ass, right, for the sake of being a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're good there, and I think that we're trying to, you know, build a relationship, and we want to continue to keep the relationship going. But things have to change. It can't just stay the same. And I think they understand that. And I also think that they're, you know, apologetic for what happened, yeah. right? And I think that that probably was, for me, the first thing is when they apologised, I was like, all right, I'll always give yeah. somebody a chance. Yeah, we can move on from Yeah, there. of so, course. So if you could get a, a, a charter for next season, you would... Is your dream to have Richie in a car, have Murph sort of spearhead the show? A- a- absolutely. We'll put Richie in a car. I've told him. We're actually, you know, put a letter into them tomorrow requesting that we get a wreck, whether it's leased yep. or bought. You know, a lot of the teams are like, oh, we don't want to sell him one because then our money gets to ship. I don't want your 650 or whatever the money so amount is. Will you stick by your claim on, on that you've made that you won't take revenue? I won't take revenue years? for two years. Absolutely. Yep. They can lease it to me. Yep. I honestly think that the teams are afraid, yep. right? I think the teams actually like the the rental model, right? I actually think it's a business model now for them, right? And it's a race team, right? And you want to go out there and win. So I think most of the teams don't want to race us, right? I think at the end of the day, if they let us on the grid, you know, I said to someone the other day, you know, obviously very opinionated, if you want to shut me up, give me a race team and then beat me on the track. Yeah. They don't want to beat us on the track. They know what we we're capable of and they know that when we get in there, we're going to give it everything to race. And again, I don't think they want the competition. And if they do want the competition, then let us in and let's settle it on the track. And I'd be more than happy to settle on the track with the teams. Would you try and set up something completely standalone or would you pair up with someone as a technical partner, do you think, at least? I, I think initially we'd probably do a technical partnership and then, but it will be standalone. It'll be yeah. ours, yeah. our car, we buy the car, we do all that, and then we basically set it up yeah. um, over time. But yeah, we, we'd have a technical partner. Um, you know, I'd love to put Richie in the car. Yeah. I've got a really cool uh, person that I'm talking to internationally about doing a, uh, a co-drive yeah. for Bathurst, which I think would raise the sport up. But again, to me, it's, it's frustrating because all the teams are the ones that just, if all the teams said yes, Addison can come in, I'm in. 
Yeah. Now, if they don't say yes, I'll call every single one of them out that says no and then ask them why. Yeah. It didn't cost you any money. I told you I didn't want 650. I don't want the money. You guys can keep all that. Yeah. We just want to go out there and we want to race. And we're either good enough or we're not good enough. And to me, again, if they're afraid of competition, then they should get out of another sport. Do you know who you would partner up with if you were going to do it? Have you thought that far ahead? Yeah, we have. I'm mean, not going to say yeah, yet so. until we get the, uh, yeah. the green light. But you light do have a picture in your Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We know exactly how it's going to work. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah we're, we're ready. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter now of getting uh, supercars and the teams to say, okay, Addison can come racing. Yeah. And if they can't let me come racing, then they better tell us why. Yeah. I mean, I think our petition's got 2,500, almost 3,000 fans have gone to the trouble of signing yeah. to let Boost Mobile and Richie race and I want to know why yeah. like why won't you let us race do you think you've legitimised you know your ability to actually go and do that by what you did with the wildcard entry at Bathurst this year absolutely and people forget I used to own the Audi racing team with Brad right? yeah. so I've, I've been involved in, in racing teams yeah. so I understand how they operate and how they work uh, I'm not thinking that it's going to be easy for us in supercars, but i got to tell you, going into Gen 3, it's a lot easier because everyone's kind of starting from scratch. Yeah. So it's not like we have to inherit an old car. And everyone will be a customer team to some extent a- a- well. Absolutely. So this is the year for us to do it. But again, I, I think the question the media's got to ask the other teams is, why won't you let him race? Yeah. Just why? He doesn't want any money from you. He just wants to go compete. So yeah. let him go. It's a good question. So there's a fair bit to unpack there, Connor. Let's start on this offer to race without income from the TRC. Now, under the the REC model, that could have been very attractive to the teams as each REC was paid as a share of profits. Um, but the whole point of the TRC deal and the change in the ownership structure was that, you know, there's this guaranteed payment model now that means that, you know, t- t- it doesn't hinge on profit margins or the amount of entries as to what the teams are actually getting out of it. Um, supercars, however, would benefit from a plan of Addison not paying any money for two years as they wouldn't have to fork out the guaranteed income that is attached to each TRC, whether it's 25 or 26. It just means that that amount has to be paid over what they're paying for the 25 entries at the moment. Um, where a new entry does still affect the teams, however, is that every new car on the grid is another car that you're competing with for TV time and for sponsors and so on. So that's where pushback from the teams um, may come from. And I do feel, Connor, that support from the teams might be hard to come by, particularly given uh, Pete's method of motivation seems to be calling them all wusses for not letting him come and race against them. Um, what's your take on all this? Should Supercars just open the door and, and let another entry in, or do, would teams have a right to be wary of doing that? Where do you sit on it all? It's uh, definitely an interesting one. I mean, I think uh, from a Supercars point of view, if you look at the the bigger picture, uh, of course, you know, there's some controversy that comes with uh, Peter Adderton and Boost, mm-hmm. but uh, but I think if uh, all in all, if that means more eyes on the uh, on the product and uh, and it means Richie Stanaway being a driver and Greg Murphy being a team principal, um, all without having to pay that extra TRC money um, for at least a couple of years, uh, yeah, I mean, I think from Supercars' point of view, it, it seems all right. I, I can understand from the team's point of view that uh, a bit of extra competition could be a threat, but uh, but I guess. On the point of uh, sponsorship, it's pretty clear to see uh, what sponsor would back this, uh, yeah. this car anyway. <laughs> That's a so, good point. Uh, so uh, yeah, I guess uh, when you look at it like that, there's a lot going for it and not too much against it, but, uh, but it's probably not that straightforward, is it? No, it's not. And there's obviously a whole lot to sort out in terms of like there would have to be a technical partner for this. I don't think 
he would go out and, you know, Pete would go out and buy cars and necessarily set up a team straight away. I did, you know, I asked him about that and that was one bit he didn't want to talk about and Pete loves talking about things. So I, I feel like he does actually have a solid plan there and that's a bit of the game that he really doesn't want to give away, which sort of that really legitimizes that um, in my way of thinking. I mean, we often talk about the profile of our sport and you know the, the fact there's no denying it it has dwindled over the years drivers aren't necessarily household names in the way that they once were particularly up and down the grid like him or not pete is a walking talking headline and like of course as journos we love him i love him i, I can only speak for myself kind of not for you i love him no no uh, absolutely yeah and, and i think that the category we saw what he did with that wildcard entry. He got and Stefan made the point on the pod last week. You know, he is a, a remarkable marketer. He knows how to make something happen and how to make a big splash. So um I think the category can, if it's clever, use someone like him to help try and regain a bit of ground in terms of the wider profile. Do you agree with that or have I just gone mad with my insatiable click hunger? Oh, don't worry. My uh, click hunger is pretty uh, pretty high at the best of times as well. But uh, no, I I mean I, I do agree. And you know that that old cliche of uh, any publicity is good publicity. Uh, I guess that could not be better encapsulated by uh, by Boost. You know, we we want to have controversy and personalities and and all this sort of stuff. And uh, Peter Adderton and uh, and his band of uh, followers are, are pretty happy to kind of make that happen. And uh, yeah, I, I mean again. In a perfect world, I think that yeah, it, it only helps the show, and uh, and you know, and and they're, they're not always afraid to kind of be the bad guys as well, which uh, sometimes is an issue in this, uh, I guess, era of the sport. You know, we used to have the villains, and uh, no one likes being the villain these days. So um, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, I think it could only be a good thing to help build rivalries and have controversy and yeah, all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, that, I mean that's what the way I see it. No, that's a that's a really good point, and I think I think Pete understands that villains, you know, the good guys and the bad guys thing so well, and we've seen him play both roles before. And at the moment, he's definitely trying to play the good guy. You know, why won't these people let me race? These teams are pushing back. Supercars won't let me in. Like it, it's just. It's a game he understands well, and everything he does is uh, is very, very deliberate. There's no doubt about that. So it will be very interesting to see what happens, whether it's next year or the year after, or whatever. And all this sort of all this work on social media and stuff, he's built. He will have his team will have a fan base. They sold so much merch for that Richie Stanaway Greg Murphy car at Bathurst this year. Like it's all. It's all very carefully done, and uh, and it's it's all very clever. I think so. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Every lap in under a minute. Every move made to matter. Every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth. Every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint. May 17 to 19. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars. Unforgettable. Let's quickly touch on the return of the Bathurst 12-hour, Connor. And I say return because it really didn't feel like the 12-hour this year. Let's be honest, it was at the wrong time of year and there wasn't enough cars and it just didn't have that same feel that we've become used to in recent years. But the all-pro lineups are back for next year and that means Supercars, which runs the event, is confident that the factory-backed international crews will return. Um, 
I've heard whispers that the Mante uh, Porsche squad from Germany has committed to making the trip down under, so we're already seeing some pretty early international interest to the event, which is awesome news. Um, Connor, what I found particularly interesting is that the single car top 10 shootout has been basically permanently scrapped um, for now for that five at a time sort of shootout that we saw in in response to some concerns around the weather this year. It was kind of a last-minute thing where they went, okay, we're going to stick five cars out. Um, they're all going to circulate together for I think it was 15 minutes or something like that. You know, it was split top half of the top 10, bottom half, whatever it was. Turned out it was fascinating. The tyres actually got better as the run went on, so we saw times getting better and better, and it was a heap better than what a top 10 shootout would have been. And I think it's I think it's kind of smart that, you know, that that that's that, – the event organisers have jumped on this and gone, hey, this worked really well. Let's keep doing it. Do you um, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think you make a good point. Um, I initially, when when that news came out during that event, I thought, oh, I don't really like that. I uh, guess I was wedded yeah. to the idea of the the traditional top ten shootout, but it actually, for whatever reason, yeah, like you said, uh, maybe with the the tyres uh, um, and and the times improving over the course of the fifteen minutes. Uh, did actually work really well, and I know that the uh, the Bathurst twelve hour management have actually spoken about in this uh, in this announcement that you know about I guess creating their own fabric and their own kind of uh, this is how we do it, and I don't mind that you know um, yeah. So if that um, yeah, uh, uh, based on what we saw the first time around, it, it worked pretty well. So yeah, uh, I'm all for them trying to trying to do their own thing and uh, yeah, having their own unique take on qualifying. All right, let's take a look at what's happening around the world. Well, this week it's less around the world and more in our backyard because MotoGP returned to Aussie shores for the first time since 2019 uh, with all three classes taking on Phillip Island over the weekend. The Moto3 race are an incredible battle for both the race win and the world title. Gas Gas rider Izan Guevara scoring both after beating teammate Sergio Garcia. Alonso Lopez dominated the Moto2 race despite needing to serve a long lap penalty. Augusto Fernandez came into the into the round leading the points and was set to extend his lead as he cruised to third place only to crash out on lap 16. That meant I Agura, who finished just 11th, took over the points lead with two rounds to go. And the MotoGP race was an absolute barnstormer. As good a race as you'll ever watch. Alex Rins, Rins took an emotional victory for Suzuki, uh, which has just two races left before it shuts down its MotoGP program. He held off a back and forth Mark Marquez and uh, and now title favourite Francesco Bagnaia for victory. Bagnaia went into the OzGP just behind Fabio Quartararo in the points, but now holds a 14-point lead after Quartararo crashed out. Uh, unfortunately, Jack Miller's title hopes have been formally dashed as well. The Aussie was running comfortably in the lead pack when he was hit by Alex Marquez at the newly renamed Miller Corner. Um, here's what he had to say after what was a devastating exit from his first home Grand Prix in three years and his first and last as a factory Ducati rider. Oh, had better Sundays, that's for certain. Had worse too, so it's all right. We're still here. Not the day I had uh, had planned, that's for certain, but uh, it is what it is. That's what the card we were dealt today. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt Mago got a decent start, um, plugged my way through, give Pecco uh, or threw it up the inside a couple of times, but I understood he kind of wanted to, to lead the way. I said, all right, fourth's good enough. Just swapped the map, and I was, like, sort of happy to, to hold station there and uh, let the race sort of come to me. Um, you know, the, the boys out front, especially Martin and that, I could see he was pushing it pretty hard through three and 12, um, really letting it sort of dance. And, uh, 
you know, it's not, uh, there's no longevity in that round here. So I was sort of, sort of saving a bit out of last corner, saving a bit through three, but I was able to sort of make up what I was losing and breaking at turn uh, four, turn ten. Especially I felt really strong through nine into ten. Um, and yeah, felt good, just swapped the map. Um, Baseki come underneath me, I thought oh, I'll have to get him back and uh, I was sort of aiming at 10 again. But uh, yeah, I didn't get that far. I got to about turn four, middle corner and uh, was mid corner, just about to release the brakes and get on the gas and got a front wheel to the middle of my spine. So not much I could really do about that. Uh, one minute I'm looking at the back end of Baseki's bike and the next minute I was in the seeing stars so I got pretty winded feel alright just a bit bruised and whatnot, but uh, we'll be alright it looks like there's no hard feelings about Alex well what's there to be hard feelings about I mean at the end of the day we're all out there trying to do our, our best I understand um, he got he might have got a little bit carried away he might have got a little bit carried away trying to get past uh, Marini but you know, we've all made mistakes. Um, you know, I think he's as devastated as I am to not be finished in the race, don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, of course, first home Grand Prix after three years uh, is definitely not the way I wanted to finish it. What was it like walking back into the, the crowds after you walked off the track? Oh, I just wandered over and once I got my breath back, I went over the oldies and give them a hug and said sorry. You know, it is what it is, I mean. A lot of people have travelled, not only my family, a lot of families around, all the way around this joint. have travelled far and wide to see an Aussie do good and, you know, you kind of feel like you let them down. So it is uh, devastating, but it is part of it. It's part of motorcycle racing. And of course, of all corners, it had to happen at that Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, uh, it's the irony in it of it all. But uh, here's what it is. We'll, uh, we'll come back next year even stronger. It was a bit of an improvement from what we saw from you yesterday. I mean, how are you? Yeah, felt, the rest felt good. I mean, I didn't get to try the bike uh, in warm-up, obviously, because it was wet. Um, but, like, I rode the bike in the wet. But, yeah, we, what we were chasing in terms of uh, just the turning, uh, we were able to fix that pretty pretty much immediately as soon as I rolled out on the outlap to go to the grid. bike felt better. So it was a clear improvement. The bike felt mega. Honestly, I felt like I had a... You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I would have won today, but because those boys rode really well at the front, but I felt like I had a bike that I could challenge those boys at least. Can you estimate how many selfies you've taken this week? Uh, it'd be up there. It'd be up there. Selfies, handshakes, signatures. It's been fantastic, honestly. Um, I love it all. It's awesome to see this, you know, motorcycling in such good health back here. I love the sport and it's amazing to see, you know, everyone enjoying it as much as I do. Jack, it seems that, you know, it's prepared your title hopes, even though they were slightly Nah, slim, for sure, they were slim. I mean, it could have been a lot better than what it was, don't get me wrong, um, with Fabio crashing out, LH having a, a tough one today and uh, and whatnot, but yeah. LH and Bastianini didn't get too many points back today, so I mean, my main goal is to try and beat those guys or try and do the best I can to try and get as close to them as possible. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all we can do. Happy for the team. I mean, they're now leading the World Championship after we were, you know, 91 points. Well, they were 91 points down, so... I feel like the team's championship's got to be wrapped up now. Or... Not, not now, uh, but soon, maybe. So, I mean, it's been a, been a good year, nonetheless.
Um, obviously, that was a huge shame for Jack, but I just want to say how wonderful it was seeing MotoGP back at Phillip Island on the weekend. The weather wasn't perfect, and uh, like Bathurst, most of the car parks had to be closed because of the mud due to the midweek rain, but the fans just got on with it. Cows was rocking on Saturday and Sunday night, and the racing was a fun reminder that Phillip Island is just a heck of a racetrack, like absolutely one of the best in the whole world, particularly for two-wheeled motorsport. Anyway, in the US, Joey Logano took victory in the NASCAR Cup Series race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and that puts him straight into the championship four coming up at Phoenix. Uh, and there was a bit of push and shove between Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson after a, a wreck in Las Vegas, which was pretty spicy. Okay, I think it's time for us to indulge in some window shopping, Connor, and chat about what grabbed our eye on my105.com this week. Given it's your first appearance here, you can go first with this. What grabbed your eye on my105.com, Connor? Oh, thank you, Andrew. Um, look, it, for me, it was hard to go past the uh, this uh, TCR Honda that um, has been raced by Michael Clemente. Uh, it's uh, listed for 115000 and... Uh, I guess, uh, you know, we don't get to see supercars going around Phillip Island, so this is probably your best chance uh, oh, to, yeah. to go in a TCR car. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't have 115,000 lying around. Maybe you do, uh, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I like the look of that. Yeah, that's a, uh, that is a pretty good pick, and they've gone pretty well, the Hondas, uh, this year as well. I think uh, we, we may well be seeing... Tony D wrapping up the title in a similar car in the not-too-distant future. But anyway, I've always been a big fan of Ford Escorts, Connor, and there is currently a 1976 Mark II Escort up for grabs in Queensland. Now, as a lifelong fan of small Fords, I know I shouldn't want one that's fitted with an LS1 V8 motor and a six-speed sequential gearbox, but also now I know it exists, I kind of really do want it because – like 400 horsepower, that is a cosmic level of grunt for a little Escort. And it would either be spectacularly fun or spectacularly gnarly to drive. And either way, I just wouldn't mind finding out. So I think it's about 40 grand for that. So it's a bit bit cheaper fun than what you're looking at. Um, and uh, yeah, that is, uh, if I did have a bit of coin laying around, I guess that's where I'd be spending it this week. Okay, Castrol mailbag time. Lockie Winnell asked why Supercast continues to persist with computer-generated sponsorship boards like fake bridges and so on on the broadcast i have to say i kind of agree that they do look a bit dodgy sometimes but surely this is all just a cost thing right connor yeah 100 percent. i mean uh yeah it in theory it kind of uh, works quite nicely but then yeah sometimes uh and we we do see this in other sports too where it uh it does kind of look a bit sort of uh it can get caught out but uh but yeah it's uh i guess we're in a age of uh trying to trying to maintain costs or, or reduce costs rather so um yeah in terms of bang for your buck i guess that sort of has seemed to be the way to go yeah because it's like building bridges it's having to get engineering approval it's what do you do to spectator you know i guess they it never affects spectator points or anything like that but they do sometimes like you say they don't they look fake, like they really look exactly like what they are, which is a fake bridge or a fake sign uh, somewhere. But anyway, that's just the uh, that's the world we live in. All right, let's hand out some Castrol stars of the week. This week, my Castrol star is heading to hometown hero Jack Miller. Uh, there's a few reasons for that. Firstly, it was a huge couple of weeks for him. Um, he got married the weekend before the Australian Grand Prix at Phillip Island. He had a lot going on. Secondly, he really does take his home Grand Prix in his stride. In fact, it's almost more than that. He seems to really love racing on home soil and the interactions that he has with the fans across the race week, more than perhaps we see 
from our F1 drivers or we've seen from them in the past. And that's no criticism at all because it's a lot of pressure and it's a draining amount of attention. And it is actually, I can understand why it would be something you wouldn't necessarily look forward to, but Jack really just embraces it all. Um, he actually said on the weekend when asked about that, he said, well, the Itali- like doing Italian races for Ducati is much harder than doing the Australian Grand Prix. He really does enjoy it. And he now has a piece of Phillip Island named after him. Turn four, the old Honda corner is now Miller corner. He seemed genuinely touched by that gesture. Um, and it was hard not to be happy for him watching it all unfold uh, at Phillip Island on Saturday. Of course, there were plenty of people quietly questioning whether four Grand Prix wins, none of them, the Island it was enough for him to join, you know, your doings and stoners and gardeners as being in being immortalized at the circuit. It's not an entirely illegitimate point, I guess. And even Jack did say at some point he doesn't feel like he deserves it, but he said he's going to take it. Um, and I think, you know, at, at the very least, he seemed to really fully appreciate the gravity of the gesture and was quite emotional about it. So it's hard to, it's hard to be anything but kind of happy for him um, about it. Anyway, kind of who have you got for your Castro star of the week this week? Well, I, uh, I'm not not too far off where where your uh, your head's at. I'm going with Alex Rins. Uh, that Philip Island race uh, or that MotoGP race at Philip Island was yeah, wow, that was uh, incredible. And um, I know Alex Rins was I think outside the top ten early in the piece and fought his way all the way through and uh, you know battled with Marquez and Bagnaia and uh, yeah, it was a stunning race and. Um, yeah, a really good, uh, yeah, I mean, a bit of a, I guess, a surprise result. Alex hasn't won a race since uh, mid-2020 and, uh, you know, it's sort of gone missing a bit in the last couple of years, but uh, that was a hell of a performance and, um, yeah, uh, that was, uh, yeah, a pretty special win, I thought, especially timing-wise for Suzuki as they prepare to bow out of MotoGP. Yeah, no, that's a great choice. It was it was an emotional win for Suzuki and, a, and, and something that you feel like that team really deserved. I'll tell you what, like, you talk about what a good race that was. I wandered into Cows on Sunday evening at about 7.30 and down at the live viewing site at the end of the, the sort of main drag in Cows down at the water, there was probably a couple of hundred people standing there watching a replay of the race, just completely engrossed in it. You know, watching a race, they were at the track watching like a few hours <laughs> earlier and you, and you just, and I actually said to, I said to someone like, you know, it's a good race when people are happy to just stand there and watch it again and go, this is amazing, you know? So yeah, it really was, it really was very cool. Well, that's it for this week. Remember to like, subscribe, and review our work wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll be back next week with more Castrol Motorsport News. Every lap in under a minute. Every move made to matter. Every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth. Every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars. Unforgettable. Hey, it's Chaz Mostert here, and yes, I'm inside your speaker. I'm in here because I have a special message for you from Clayton in Melbourne. If you're a club, state, or national racer on the circuit or on the dirt in speedway or rallying, you can now tap into the know-how of Walkinshaw Racing Services, and you don't need a supercar to get in the door. The same expertise that's won multiple Bathurst 1000s and V8 Supercar Championships is now available for you to call upon. From bonnet to bumper, WRS can help you with engines, design, paint, machining, fabrication, and so much more for all sorts of makes, models, and categories. Have a chat with Walkinshaw Racing Services and tell them what matters to you. 
Call now on 1300 W Racing or email services at walkinshawracing.com.au.